This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on? Facebook Live, YouTube, welcome back. Another exciting episode this evening. Mr. Randall? Sir? Look at him. He's already dropping links in the chat. He's on his game tonight, boys and girls. <laughs> I like it for those of you tuning in the podcast world after the stream ends. Welcome, as always. Uh, got an exciting show for you guys. We got Nicholas Beltran in the house already. So, boys, what's up, brother? Hope you're well down there in Florida. Uh, got an exciting episode tonight. Um, talking with the boys from the north. Oh, Canada. Right? Is that how that goes? Um, yeah. Sounded great. <laughs> They're both down there laughing their asses off. <laughs> I like it. Uh, from Punisher Waterfowl, I had the privilege of being on their podcast recently, and I was like, just had a ton of fun talking with those guys. Uh, so we figured we'd get them on our show as well and talk a little bit about podcasting, waterfowl hunting, waterfowl hunting out of a kayak, all kinds of good stuff. So uh, we're going to chat with them. We got, uh, we got any news tonight? I don't think so. No, nope. I know uh noobs championship is coming up. Uh our, our you know our noobs tournament that we do every month uh just winded down end of September. So we got the championship. 
I know Susie Roloff has been working on uh, getting that on Tourney X, uh, which I believe is up now. So if you guys are watching on the Noobs group, uh, that is up now. Or if you're listening on the podcast, get signed up. Um, if you placed, uh, if you took first place for a month in the Noobs tournaments, uh, that championship is going to be in October. You'll have one day out of a 10-day span to pick your day to fish. And your best five fish for that day go towards it. Uh, top two places will get paid. Good job. Yep. <laughs> KBF National Championship is coming up as well. Uh, good luck to all those guys competing next week uh, down there. Uh, I know Drew Gregory, our Drew Gregory, yep. is going to be fishing that. Him and Ken. Ken Morris. Yeah, yep. they're on the uh, motor guide team. Yes, sir. So uh, good luck to everybody down there fishing. But uh, let's get this party started, man. Let's get these uh, these uh, wonderful, beautiful Canadian <laughs> brotherhood in the in the house. We got uh, Damien up in the right hand corner, and Mister Dave Palmer down down below. What's up, fellas? Hey, not much. How's it going? You like my old Canada? It, you know what? It was a lot better than I can sing it. So it, <laughs> it, it brought a tear to my eye. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, buddy. Oh, man. Love it. Love it. Well, welcome to the show, man. Uh, super excited to have you guys on tonight. Um, I had a ton of fun talking with you guys uh, over on your podcast. So we wanted to show you guys some love. And, you know, we got some hunters that uh, tune into our show because it seems like I was thinking about this today, like, it seems like come fall we like start to transition into yeah. like more hunting podcasts and then come spring we trans transfer back over into that fishing stuff we're so. more of the chameleon podcast <laughs> yeah. Of the <laughs> yeah of the whole network yeah it's yeah. like we just do it like that. that's what we want to do so <laughs> yeah. we're doing it. <laughs> so but uh why don't you guys give us a little background on yourselves man where you guys are from up north and uh you know kind of how your guys's podcast kind of got started Go for it, Dave. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Damien just threw you under the bus, it sounds Big like. Big time. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so we're both from Ontario, Canada, but like when we say we're from Ontario, Damien and I are from opposite sides of Ontario here. Like it takes me six hours to drive just to get to Damien's house. So, um, but yeah, Damien and I, uh, we have this business together called Punisher Waterfowl. And then we were just throwing snowballing ideas and Damien said, you know, we should do a podcast and there's no waterfowl podcast up here. And we're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, we've got a group of our friends together and just, it started out just something like we're just five guys that don't know anything about technology, trying to put something together. And then it's kind of evolved into, we started like just getting our friends to come on and we're goofing around and talking and trying to educate people and, and show people the funner side of, of waterfowling. And then it, kept evolving and we started getting on some of these industry experts and and now we're we're kind of still evolving and we're learning you know all the technological side of it and how to yeah. how to edit videos and take out certain sections and it's it's been a fun experience that we're hoping some of the listeners are actually learning from and getting something out of um, and we're also talking about some of the hard topics like what not to do what pictures not to take and you know, things that people maybe wouldn't have thought about in their normal everyday, like it would just, oh, look at what I did. I shot this bird and this is what it looked like after. Well, you know, that's, that's drawing negative attention. So let's start trying to 
draw more positive stuff. So it kind of grew from there. So, all right. So with that being said, I got to ask you, cause I've been posting some duck pictures. Are those okay? Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's good. You got to be proud of like, you got to be proud of your harvest and, you know, but for example, uh, this weekend I was, or I guess, was it Wednesday or Tuesday? Yeah. I was yeah. out hunting and my, the first widgeon I'd ever seen up here when I was kayak hunting, I was like, shot it. And I was like, I was so happy and I'm running out and go to pick it up and, and its head was missing. Well, now <laughs> I can't post that picture. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Um, so it's just one of those things that we don't want to, we don't want that stuff to come being posted, but the nice pictures and some of the stuff we've learned from other people that have been on, like um, they'll carry wet wipes in their bag. And when they go to take the picture, they'll wipe the blood off to, mm-hmm. to make the picture look a little bit better and, and shine up that beak a little bit, you know, and sure. So, or the bill, sorry, but like it's just well, certain it's a, stuff like that. Yeah. It's the same way in, in like the deer hunting world. I know like I got into deer hunting late, like, you know, my dad hunted a little bit like upland style stuff, shot a lot of trap and, and skeet back before I was born. And, you know, I never really had anybody to show me hunting until a, a good friend of mine did. And that was in like my late twenties. And I started doing some research and stuff and there's i uh, I'm going to shout it out. It's a uh, bowhunting.com. Um, they do a web show. It's on Roku and Amazon prime and all that stuff. But I remember they had a forum still, and this was like 2010 or something. And that was a huge topic, right? Like taking pictures of deer and like trying to clean them up, make them presentable. So that way you're not, you know, agitating a bunch of those, you know, quote unquote, anti hunters and things like that, man. I mean, it, and not only that, but it makes your harvest look that much better, I think. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I mean, but let, let's, let's not like pretend that nobody knows like how that hamburger gets on <laughs> right, that right. bun or sure. that chicken gets into their freezer. You know what I mean? It's right. like, yeah. they just don't want to see all the bad stuff. Right. Yeah, or, yeah. or what they would consider. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I understand completely. I mean, I picture my deer, right. I didn't want to really even put it up because it's got like a little bit of a bloody hole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, or, sure. or even like the meat that we were dealing with. I was like, ah, I can't put that up either. Yeah. You know, just yeah. because like, I don't want to deal with the, you know, or have, you know, the podcast have to deal with some kind of a backlash from it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's the world we live in right now, right? Like, it's funny that, that you said that, but that's the world we live in now that um, a picture that you post up, it, it takes one person to to mm-hmm. not like it. And and they're writing emails and they're, and they're screenshotting and, and sending messages and stuff. And it just and it just spirals. Um, and it just snowballs from yeah. there, right? So, you know, the, and yeah, go Dave. And, and it's kind of like we were talking about the other day, where um, like businesses, right? Uh, you'll have a thousand people that have a great experience, or a thousand people like your podcast, but it's that one person that doesn't that's going to speak up, and they're going to be the yeah. loudest voice because they're the only one talking, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's like that one one saying, like you you make one person mad. They'll tell a hundred. You make one person happy. They might tell ten. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it isn't interesting though, like how it's become taboo, and it's like the cornerstone of both of our, um, you know, continent or continents, but both of our countries, you know, backgrounds. I mean, especially in Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, hunting is, you know, I mean, everybody is taught that. You know, I was listening to uh, a 
Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Steve Ranella today. Yeah, mm-hmm. Steve. And uh, Meat Eater. And yeah. he was saying, because um, they were talking about, uh, what's the big national park in uh, Montana and Wyoming? Uh, Yosemite? Yosemite. Is it Yosemite? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Either way. Don't don't look at us. Yeah, he was he was talking about that. (laughs) And he said, um, you know, it he wants to when he retires, he wants to make it its life's work to make that a wildlife um I forget the proper terminology, but to open it for hunting, right? It draws Mm -hmm. a lot of tourism and stuff, and there's no hunting allowed. Mm -hmm. But he said that particular area of the United States has been hunted for over 9,000 years with the exception of the past uh, 100 since mm-hmm. it was turned into this uh, national park. Do you guys remember a couple years ago, there was a, I, I don't know who it was, but some go- government agency down in the States. Anyways, they had done a, they had tracked some wolves. They had reintroduced the wolf. Yep, and that is... was, that was in Yosemite, right? Yep. 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 Um, That's the same, and same part. Yosemite's in yeah. California. Yeah. Yosemite's California. It's yeah. right there. It's on the Southern part of the Good. state right there. It's in that corner. Um, but it's so that's Yellowstone. Yellowstone. You guys are talking about national parks and I'm thinking yeah. of that TV show. Yeah, I, I, I really it's important to really let everybody know there were a bunch of we're from illinois and we're we don't go of, out west a bunch yeah, of yeah. and we're from canada and mm-hmm. we don't yeah. know um yeah, but yeah like so that so that park um they had to reintroduce wolves to, mm-hmm. to sort of bring the balance back um because things were going all out of whack and and that's what it was it's not being hunted yeah um mm-hmm. So after years and years of it, man managing, um, managing the populations, right? Uh, well, so- that was one of the points he brought back. You know, they they reintroduced wolves to kind of balance out the ecosystem. But that was the point he was trying to make that he got into that 9,000 years of hunting was the one predator that they haven't allowed back in there is humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it made a lot of sense. So, uh but even like what is it like even out there though did Mark have with the reintroduction of the wolves, like haven't they been kind of like ravaging and now they've got to like open it up? Yeah, now they've they've uh, opened up seasons on the wolves because they were supposed to control the herds or the the way it was proposed was the herds were supposed to be controlled, and now they've opened up seasons on them um, mm-hmm. to kind of control those populations because. Now they've spread, obviously, outside of the park, mm-hmm. and they're getting up into parts of Montana, Idaho, down to Colorado, things like that. So they're spreading out because they did the same thing in northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing them start to to work their way south. Um, they're definitely in the UP and things like that. Minnesota. But, yeah, right. Minnesota as well. Yeah, I know Minnesota's got them pretty good. Um, and then, obviously, you guys up north got wolves everywhere, right? Oh yeah, they're walking down the streets all the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> they come right past our igloos. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. shop oh, at the yeah. same stores. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When we're kids, we ride them. Um, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, no, like, just like we were saying, like Ontario is so big. I, I got to drive like three hours to get to get where wolves would be. Right? Yeah. Like it's they're they're pretty far north of me. 
Are they? So, all right, no, yeah. gotcha. I think there are wolves like, like out by like uh, Saskatchewan and all that stuff. They're pretty prevalent, though. I thought. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I know in like northern Ontario, and then some of the some of the areas uh, like provincial parks. Um, okay. They, they have a, a a fairly good population just because there's no hunting, right? Um, right. So so they're able to come in. Uh, there's moose moose and deer um so there's there's lots for them to eat but i personally i've never seen one and in and i'm originally from newfoundland and there's no wolves in newfoundland so that they uh the early settlers eradicated them first when they came in um so there's there's no wolves in newfoundland that's why that's why the moose population is so high in newfoundland because there's no natural predator for for the moose in newfoundland well, I know, and, uh, you know, that's kind of why they got eradicated out in the West is because they were trying to get the buffalo herds bigger. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're going back to Native Americans. You know, they wanted to eradicate the wolves because they learned that the wolves were taking out the buffaloes and, you know, this and that and the elk and things like that. So, you know, they were trying to preserve their food sources, so to speak. So that's initially why a lot of them were, were eradicated. But... We didn't have to go down this rabbit hole, man. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, hey, can we talk about start talking about some ducks here? Yeah, so let's talk about some ducks, man. So it's kind of a bummer. I was looking at more bad ge- geographical positioning. <laughs> like, well, hey, hey, so let let's let's get this out of the way here right now. So um a couple weeks ago, um oh, maybe a month ago, we had uh, I, I wasn't on the show. But we had a a good friend of ours from from Northern California, Bird Dog Waterfowl, come on, and uh, you know he's given us sort of kind of this geography lesson of of where he is and and stuff. And and I don't think any of us fully realize how big the state of California is. Oh yeah. But then huge. yeah. But then Dave Dave gets on and starts talking about how um, it borders. Was it Texas? You said Dave. The California border I, was, I was trying to talk about like the climate. I was like, you've got climate like <laughs> the southern part of Canada is further south than the northern part of California or whatever. And and then the southern part is like the same border as as Texas. And it, it might have came out that it's right beside Texas. And, well, what, like, what, what kind of geography are they teaching you boys up north? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is your guy's map broke? <laughs> you know, they have like so, different globes. Like, this is my flat globe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's called, called a map. Well, it's, me- it's, it's, metric. it's metric up here. Okay, it's fellas. It's all different. It's, it's all different. Plank. It's all different. We're metric. <laughs> That's funny. That is too funny, man. So, I mean, how did you guys both get into waterfowl? I, Damien, why don't you go first, man? Like, what got you in waterfowl hunting? Well, you know, for the listeners that don't know um, where I'm from, the province I'm from, it, it's an island off the east coast of Canada. So, um, you know, my hometown is 300 people uh, max. So, as a teenager, um, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot to do, but you know, all our dads had shotguns and, and, you know, it was, it was something to do, but it, it wasn't waterfowl hunting in its truest sense because we literally just walked around with a shotgun over our shoulder and, and hope that we could 
you know, jump shoot some birds. It wasn't until I moved to Ontario that I actually started hanging out with fellas and, and actually, you know, learning how to, how to pattern these birds and, and all the work that goes into them. So I've been, I've been doing it ever since I've been, you know, 12, 13 years old, but I would say it's only been the last 20 years that, that I've actually, uh, been taught, you know what okay. I mean? So the first yeah. 10 years I was just roaming around really. Right on. How about you, Dave? Yeah. So for me, I think it's kind of like I have two separate starting points. Like the first starting point, I was 21 years old, just starting the family, starting the, the career and all that stuff out of college and moved back home. So I start hunting and I got into everything, like trying deer hunting, trying, you know, turkey hunting, waterfowl hunting. And I just kind of dabbled in everything. And then uh, I did that for a bunch of years. And I guess it was 2017, the first Punisher waterfowl camp we hosted. And I went out and I met some of my best friends, like the guy, some of the guys that I call brothers now, I met there. And we're talking four or five years ago. And it just became an addiction from then. Like it, it just snowballed into like, that's all I wanted to do. And, you know, I used to, it used to be turkeys, like can't wait for the spring. And now it's like, ah, turkey season, whatever. I'll, I'll go out and get a bird, but I can't wait till the fall because then, all these guys that I met at the, our first camp, I, I get to go see them again. We get to hunt and the excitement of like the really good hunts. And so kind of my big starting point would have been our first camp. Um, that's what got me right fully into it. Nice. I like it, man. That's cool. That's cool. But the, I, the cool thing I get, sorry, Brian, I, I want to jump in. So that first camp, Dave wasn't part of the company on the very first one. So it's so that's the really really cool thing with Dave's story was that Dave wasn't part of the company. Him and I just talked over over uh, over Facebook over Messenger and just got to know one another. And I was hosting this first camp, and he came out, and then you know, you know, we pretty much high five and said, uh, mm-hmm. "I think we became best friends," and and the rest is history. Do you know what I mean? But that that's the really cool thing about it is is that this this community it's just it's soaking people in and, and and it's you know without sounding too uh silly but like it, you're you're soaking people in and you're wrapping your arms around them the good people and you're trying to keep them and and make sure that they're doing that positive influence right yeah no it's it's a lot lot like the kayak fishing community man like that's exactly the same way um that all works man so we can we can relate 100 percent to that which is super cool mm-hmm. so like the company itself man like so what what is all behind punisher waterfall uh so damien uh, this one's you <laughs> yeah this one's it. so um so i'm 20 years uh i've done 20 years in in the canadian military um retired in uh in 2019 um so in 2014, um, I got posted back to Ontario. I was out on the East Coast for a few years. And I got posted back to Ontario. And my buddy and I, we, we couldn't find anybody that would go hunting with us. Uh, and we couldn't find any locals that would let us come hunt our property. So as a joke, I created a, a Facebook page 
I, I paid some dude in, um, in Indonesia to make me a, a logo. He made me a logo. I put it up on Facebook and I said, I'm Punisher Waterfowl. And I lit, that's literally what I done. And then all of these fellas started saying, Hey, why don't you come out and hunt with us? You should come out and hunt. You make sure you bring your camera and you snap all kinds of pictures and you put it up on social media. I'm like, yeah, sure. hundred <laughs> percent. I'll, I'll come and hang out. So that went on for a little bit. And then these, these fellas started getting wise to me and they were like, so what is it you actually do? And I'm like, uh, yikes, I guess I better come up with something because the jig <laughs> is up. Um, so then I just started slapping the logo on everything like stickers, hats, t-shirts, hoodies, you name it. I was slapping the, slapping the logo on it and people were buying it. And, and I thought, I was like, okay, well, this is cool. So then I tried, uh, I got into selling some stuff from a company, uh, out of the States. They were awesome to work with. Um, but it was hard, right? Like you're trying to compete with the big box stores and, and, and all this, right? So it, it just wasn't feasible. Um, then I shifted, I started making my own stuff, um, uh, making my own decoy bags and, and all kinds of that stuff. And it was, it was good, but you're trying to compete with Asia and the big box stores and it just wasn't working. Um, and then, um, I had a little bit of, uh, uh, health issues, so took a little bit of a, of a break there for a year. And then that's about the time that Dave came on and, uh, I reached out to Dave and I asked him if, if it was something that he'd be interested in, in doing. Um, I was in Iraq at the time. Uh, yeah, I was in Iraq. So that was 2016. Oh, wow. I was in Iraq at the time. Um, and I asked Dave, I said, listen, man, what do you think? And he said, well, let me think about it. Um, and yeah come back from Iraq and, and Dave joined up and, and we've been, I think we've been constantly move, changing ever since. Like we're always, there's all, we're always adding some, something new or, or trying something new um, just to, to make our own mark on, onto the waterfowl community. Right. And, and that's really what we're trying to do. And up here in Canada, like down in the States, there's a million guys like us. Um, up here in Canada, not so much, right? So, um, so that's yeah. So that's really what how the company started, and now we're just we're doing this. We're doing our, our own podcast, um, which has been you know really humbling, a lot of fun, and and we've got to meet some pretty amazing people, um, our guests. So, and now we're just. You know, we're allowing for now we're 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 coasting now, like we're still putting in the work, but we're really enjoying ourselves is what we're doing right now. Heck, yeah, man. Cool. Um, I just dropped a link to uh, where you guys can go order some T-shirts and hats and stuff that these guys offer, man. Yeah, thanks. No, yeah, so buy up, buy, buy up all kinds of stuff, everybody. Just, <laughs> and while you're there, like. um so a big thing with Punisher is we like to try and give back and, and help the community out. Um, right now on the on the website, there's a T-shirt there, Troy Blackwell from Top Notch Paracord. Um, every year we try and do a scholarship, and or a, I guess it's a scholar, whatever it's yeah. called. But um, we try and give money to one of the uh, students. And what we do is we design a shirt with in conjunction with them, and all the proceeds from that shirt go 100% directly to that student. So. Um, 
if you want to support a local kid there, there's a shirt on there from Top Notch Paracord. He did a good job and good kid. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, your guys' logo is cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's cool. I dig it. Is it the one with the lanyard on the back? Yeah. Yes, sir. That's the one. All right, I'm going to put this so up eight, on the screen because this is badass. I was just looking an at 18 year old it. kid, man. 18 year yeah. old kid. Um, yeah, 18 year old kid um, started his own you know, lanyard making company. And now he's a student, uh, at, at college here doing uh, fish and wildlife. I think that's what it's called. Hey, Dave, fish and wildlife. I think so. And he's, uh, so he sits there and in his spare time, he sits there making lanyards and, uh, using that money to, to pay for his schooling. Hmm. Um, he had a little instant stepped on a nail or something during the first week of hunting season. <laughs> and he sent me a picture of him like in the hospital, waiting to get his foot looked at and he's tying paracord lanyards just to make money for schooling so it's like yeah it's <laughs> that's kinda cool neat story man. for that kid yeah. yeah that's cool heck yeah man that's awesome i like that dude it's kind of funny how like <clears throat> some of the more successful you know like mom pop or like you know um uh entrepreneur you know entrepreneurs whatever uh mm -hmm. start off as an accident yeah sure you know and then it just progresses you know, and I think, like I said, I like that that circle logo, dude. Is really, yeah, with the duck. It, it has dude. a it has a great look. I know. Thanks, like man. Only badasses can wear that, so you can't order one. Sorry, I'd, well, I'd, be, a po I'd be a poser because, <laughs> like, I haven't even shot a duck yet. You know, buddy, you yeah. gotta get out and start shooting some ducks. So that that's a great question, right? Let's let's use. Uh, our good friend Jay here is a, is our decoy, so to speak. Um, <laughs> best advice for a guy that wants to get into waterfowl hunting come to a punisher waterfowl camp yeah there you go, um, go to canada okay. yeah, just, yeah just just come up to canada man like you, you can actually make it up here we can't come down to you but come on yeah. up we'll enjoy yeah, that how much but, would, they, that? would they even let us cross the border yeah. now yeah yeah you, you guys, guys can cross. yeah people from the u.s can cross the border but uh canadians cannot cross the border in america yeah how messed up is that uh it's a whole nother conversation i'm pissed well, off man yeah <laughs> i was gonna make dave pedal out to get all my birds i shoot I this year yeah. well, well we had this very same talk like back when it was like when the the border was a little more strict and we were talking about going up to the boundary waters and oh yeah and yeah, we were warned like if yeah. you guys go up there they're like do not cross, cross the border line. on the water yeah. they're like you mm -hmm. will be detained and i'm like and it's like and they don't have to give you back to the states so. I, don't, I don't think that would be a bad thing though being stuck in canada like sorry uh, boss, you can't come home yeah but you know yeah. what like as of recent but i mean or not recent but like in years past uh i thought all canadians were nice and they're not <laughs> like, so I'm pretty sure there's some pretty mean ones out there that would be oh, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got we've got our assholes too. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like USA, eh? You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> How do you like those that Canadian steel? You look yeah. good behind those bars. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, but like Jay, seriously, man. Like the first step is is. Just get out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, That's no, the so first step. I don't want to say I haven't gone duck hunting because I have. <clears throat> I've done more of the traditional kind. I've got, I belong to a club and I have a mentor there too. Um, you know, I got a couple shots off and, you know, I learned how to miss birds uh, pretty mm -hmm. good. 
Uh, but I, I also to, learned a lot of buy it. shells. Yeah. 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 I mean, I learned, I learned a lot from it, but I mean, I've been out there and stuff, but I mean, but you know, the, the whole kayak situation and like, and, and even without a kayak, just waiting, um, which is different. Mine's more of like the Cadillac style, I guess you can call it with the people I go with, but, um, it's more intimate, you know, there's a little more work involved. Um, I don't know. I think it's a more of a controlled situation. Uh, it's not so commercial. Yeah, I sure. guess. You know, but I mean, it's and I do want to get out more. I just had there was just so much going on with deer hunting and that. It's like I kind of had to like in my mind just pick one. Put mm-hmm. it in the mix, bro. Yeah, huh? You need to put it in the mix. I know. I mean, but we got time this year, and I got Brad and I got Brian, so like they're good people to lean on um, to do on the kayak side. You know, just to kind of get. I don't just to get more of an experience, uh, you know, in the middle of it. Cause again, it's like, I'm with older guys with boats and stuff like that. And they're not, you know, it's, it's a different way of hunting. Yeah. But, you know. but that's the thing. Like um, a lot of deer hunters, I find I'll take them out duck hunting and I'll take them out a few times. And the first time they're going to miss every single bird and it's going to be fun mm-hmm. and, and whatever it is, but they'll keep coming back and want, and then eventually it's just like, man, why am I deer hunting? This is wicked, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's true. It's true. Well, you got to think about it, right? Like you're you're going to see a lot more action waterfowl hunting than you will deer hunting. Granite, a deer, bigger animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, bigger yield, right? You know, I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. like, I mean, a little bit harder to harvest a deer versus versus uh some ducks but you still got to put in the work Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's the same thing like you know deer scouting waterfowl scouting you still got to put in that homework Mm -hmm. to to make your hunt successful but you know um yeah when them birds come flying in and they're starting to work them decoys man it's there's something cool about it oh yeah and then they come in the land and then you pop up and you're just like Yeah, I remember like we had a wood duck come in, and I remember my the guy I was with, he's like, Nope. Yeah, you know, just because like he's like, Nope, new guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, so I'm like, now and he's like, Nope. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the, the, the thing about waterfowl hunting and, and for anybody that hasn't done it, and, and especially for the the diehard deer hunters, waterfowl hunting is such a social hunt. Sure. Like you, sure. you can be, you know, you could be smoking. Mm-hmm. smoking and joking chatting you know sitting next to one another having a good time you got your dog your best friend right there with you um and when you see the birds that's when you shut up and you don't move um mm-hmm. you know deer hunter you know the amount of effort that a deer hunter has to put in to make sure he's hidden and he there's no scent um yeah. you know like that's a, just an insane amount of work mm-hmm. you know and, think- and you got to do it alone you, yeah, you kind of hit it on the head there, man. Like, that's one thing I've really enjoyed about, you know, waterfowl hunting recently with Brad, you know, just sitting in the boat, you know, middle of the woods, you're watching, or middle of the lake or marsh or wherever you're at, you know, watching watching everything come alive. And then, you know, you don't have to be quiet. Nope. Duck, ducks don't, like, freak out over, you know, you guys talking or whatever. And, you know, Brad's giving me a hard time. Letter Kenny references are coming out. Smoking another dark guy. 
you know so uh it's uh it's fun man it's like you said it's that social hunting you know it's kind of like when you know i took jay pheasant hunting last year and yeah we had a good time you know mm-hmm. we're talking it's it's the same kind of concept you know yeah. except yeah. you don't have to do a ton of hiking so you might like one. Yeah, no hunting. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like being the dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm too fat to be a dog. <laughs> you know? So, you know, uh, it, it's definitely different, man. It's definitely different. What would be the top mistake you guys would say that you see like a new waterfowl hunter make? Damien's oh. like, I got a whole list. How long you got? Yeah. Well, the very first. My my first one, and, and Dave will probably have one as well, but my first one is that um, I know you have a, a firearm in your hand and it shoots a bunch of projectiles out the end of it, but you got 35, 40 yards. That, that's your effective. So what I find is that there's people um, – they're just inexperienced. They don't want to have the, the patience to let the birds work in closer to them. And they're just taking these super long shots and, and therefore either crippling the birds or totally missing them, which then educates the birds. Right. Sure. Um, that that's what I think. And, and that's just, that's just experience. That's, that's all that is. Once, once they get more experience, then they know, okay, well, listen, I can't hit a bird at 60 yards. Um, I need I need to have a little bit more patience and let them work in a little bit closer. Dave, but but with that too, like there's a lot of people too that they'll they'll see a flock of birds coming at them, and they'll be like, oh well, my my shotgun shoots a, a whole bunch out and it spreads out, so they'll shoot right in the middle of the pack just to try and yep. you know no no pick your bird and go after yep. the one like that's but no my biggest one would be people not putting in the time scouting or scouting properly. Mm-hmm. Um, they just think like, oh, there's water. I'm going to go hunt birds. Well, that's not how it works. You got to you gotta find where the birds want to be at that time. And then on top of that, a lot of people don't understand that uh, there's Troy there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, a Craig lot of people, Mintz. Craig Mintz awesome. too, yeah. Uh, so a lot of people don't understand too, like when they're out scouting, especially if you're in like a marsh or something, if you go right deep into it without your binoculars and you scare the birds away, you might have scared your birds away. So like, scout from afar but yeah scouting is probably my biggest thing that people don't don't put enough time into and effort into yeah me so. and damien were talking about that before we got started you know um i mean it's huge you get you gotta scout you know uh it's it's the same thing like you know we've talked about as far as deer hunting goes or even fishing for that matter you know like you know Guys are fishing tournaments. You're going out pre-fishing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You're scouting for fish. Um, you're scouting for deer. If you're sitting in a field that no deer come into, you're wasting your time, you mm-hmm. know? And then and then guys are complaining that they're not shooting deer, you know? Same yep. same kind of instance, you know? Um, but I know what you're saying, Damien, because, and you can ask Brad this too, because I'm like, can I shoot now? Can yep. I shoot now? <laughs> I shoot now? <laughs> Was that a duck? Can I shoot now? <laughs> no, you know, like that that was like my first couple of sits with him. And he's like, just calm down, guy. Just yeah. calm down. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I want to shoot a duck, you know. It, I think that's the thing, too. Like new hunters, they get excited and then they just want to, you know, just 
fling lead or I'm sorry, yeah. steel, steel at yeah. the first thing that flies by, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, um, I get that, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting. But to see at, the, at the same time, and Dave and I say it a lot, like we're chasing a bird with a brain, the size of a pea. And yet I'll sit here and say, you need to have patience. And then, you know, you're sitting, you're waiting for them to work. They're, they're circling, they're circling, you're waiting for them to work. And then they, they screw off. They're just like, nah, not interested. And they fly off. And then you go, man, should have took that shot. <laughs> yeah, right. Shouldn't have waited yep. so long. Like, yep. They'll humble you every day. Oh, yeah. yeah so, you think uh, you got them figured out, they'll, they'll humble you 100%. Well, what I noticed, too, is, I mean, like, well, first of all, Damien, I, I agree with you on um, what you said about, like, you know, how far can you shoot from? Because, I mean, I guess before I even got into it, even not really spending the time to, you know, before like the whole, you know, knowing what a you know a shotgun can do and what its mm-hmm. effective range is, you know, you look up at geese and you're like, oh man. I mean, I know we're talking about ducks, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, things. people are probably popping shots at those. And it's like they're if not a thousand yards away, they're probably <laughs> further, you know. And and you're like, yeah. you just you don't put it together, and then you know, it, but I mean it's funny, like just coming into it as a rookie, like so many things you realize. I mean, I noticed too, a lot of the guys have like those duck books so they can because you, because you I mean, there's some ducks you can't shoot. Sure, that's so right. you need to be able to identify like immediately what you're looking at, so you don't get in trouble. I mean, there was a guy who shot like a over by us, like an endangered. Uh, I think it was a, it was another goose one, but like an endangered yeah. goose. It was the one you're not supposed to shoot, and he shot it. Yeah, wow. You know, and of course, a DNR caught. You know, I mean, there's a whole yeah. ordeal, but there's this whole education that goes behind that to be able to identify, you know, and and also use your yardage and. You know, I mean, and being able to lead them. And I mean, there's so much going on. Yeah. Th- that's like early teal season down here. Like I went out by myself and I'm like, I just don't feel comfortable, man. I just kick back and watch birds fly around. You know, I'm like, because with my luck, I'm going to shoot a mallard or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, they kind of look similar, you know, obviously one smaller, but I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not comfortable for this. I'm not that advanced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to identify birds and Dave's down here freaking laughing. I can tell he's like, look I, at this. Kid. I'm just laughing because like you, you Americans have like, oh, early teal season and here's this season and us stupid Canadians, we just have duck season. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Them are ducks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to America. Uh, we are overregulated. <laughs> you know? that's, that's an interesting question because me and Brad were talking about this uh, just the other night on the phone. Do they limit your guys' duck season to 60 days? No. September 25th till January 7th. Yeah. deer season i'm freaking moving to canada dude bro. that's deer season i'm moving to canada <laughs> oh so, so so yeah and you'll find that too like yeah yeah go you'll, for it. you'll find that too like um like good buddy of ours jordan lemay down in new york there um he'll come across the border and hunt in canada because it extends his season right it's sure yeah hmm. so yeah because they limited us to 60 days um I'm not sure if it's all states or just Wisconsin or what it is. So like, I think it's most like it's most. Yeah. Like most people we talk to, that's what they say. They have 60 days and and they, they hunt hard for those 60 days. Yeah. I think it's regulated by the uh, federal wildlife agency or something. Um, But. uh, And and you got to remember too, that in the States, you guys have, 
what, Dave, like five times, six times the amount of waterfowlers that we have? Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, yeah, like, yeah. the population is way more dense. Yeah. Isn't it here. like 20 or 30% of the Canadian waterfowlers are Americans that come up here or something? Like, there's some big percentage of Canadians yeah, that 20, come up. Yeah, 20%, 20% of yeah. Canadian uh, waterfowl stamps sold are, are sold to Americans that, that come up to hunt, right? Those hmm. damn Americans. Okay. Yeah. I, hey, I tell you, man. I, hey, I tell you, it, it's it, it's going to – we're waiting to see how the pandemic is affecting this, right? So mm-hmm. last fall, no Americans were able to come to Canada to hunt. Yeah, that's a curious question I have too because um, I know one of your guys' big economy is all the, the fishing lodges, the hunting yeah. – all that stuff. I mean, how how detrimental has that been to that that whole economy up there? I mean, it's got to be huge. We were talking about that earlier in the season, like all yeah. the fishing lodges up there. Yeah. Like you know, like I know you guys count on that that income from all these Americans that come up over the border for the great fishing in Canada. Yeah. So I know, um, like our friend, one of one of our guys that come on that that's one of the regular um, hosts on on our podcast with us, Ryan. He's a guide from out west. Yeah. Um, so his his guide, the, the the outfitter that owns it, like he just shut the doors because he mm-hmm. just like his insurance alone uh, and and the upkeep on the lodge and then all the equipment and and everything else, right? Like he just. It was just easier to just shut the door. But then we've seen a lot of other outfitters up here, um, which came to known as the Canadian prices, right? So so they they dropped the prices because um, they dropped the prices a little to try and entice Canadians to come out to these hunting lodges and fishing lodges more. Right. Um, but we don't know how, we don't know how well that, ha- how well that worked yet. Right. So, so we sure. don't know. So we have a lot of questions. Like I, I can tell you that um, out West, like Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Alberta, like those three provinces were hurting because mm-hmm. um, Americans weren't able to come up and, and listen, like it's, it's a, big boost to the economy oh i bet i mean you got gas mm-hmm. food you know yeah. employment to the people working at these lodges Absolutely. and everything like that you know the guides you know i mean <laughs> there's a lot that goes into that man that i don't think a lot of people realize and i mean that the outdoors in general is just such a huge part of the canadian economy yeah I'm... other than paper and logs right yeah, and polar bears and ice, yeah, ice, 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 and mol- and Molson, Molson, yeah, Molson, yeah. Molson. What you a know, horrible Labat, yeah, Labat, yeah, Labat, yeah, You know, I wonder if there's gonna be like a reverse effect too. Like, so yeah, I mean, j- the states got hit hard too with a lot of stuff, and I mean, you know, across the board, a lot of places they had to close the doors. But in that time, we noticed. There's a lot more people in the water. There's a lot yeah. more people in the woods. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that influx, like that, I well, we'll just call that monkey wrench, is going to cause now an influx and now bring it back even heavier coming than forward. it was before, like in yeah. the future. I mean, because and say out by like I don't know what it's like in Canada, but hunting is like you talked about in the beginning, it's taboo, right? So 
it's kind of like a, a dying art. Uh, you know, I'll just call it an art, you know, on my side, but, um, you know, it's just something that, you know, taught for years and then is slowly whittled, you know, or, you know, dwindled away just because of everything else, you know, with the, the way, uh, you know, um, uh, technology and all that. But now with everything that happened, everybody went back into the forest. Everybody went back on the water. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I heard too that like they, we there was actually more hunting license definitely sold more yeah, fishing license fishing definitely and sold. hunting license i think across <laughs> the board in the united states were up i forget it was like 30 percent or 25 percent or something like that which is a huge significant boost but not only that but traffic to you know state parks mm -hmm. and uh you know just anything outdoors related went up because you were told you couldn't be indoors with people. So people mm -hmm. were getting outside like, and that's the thing too. Like you look at the whole outdoor industries as a whole. I don't know what your guys's ammo situation is up there, but like down here, I had to go to four stores before I could find two boxes of 12 gauge, three inch shells. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's been, it's, it, it's ridiculous. It's but, better I mean, now. It's, but... a, it's the same in the kayak world, right? Like, Every kayak shop sold out of kayaks or, yeah. you know, as soon as they get in, they're out the door. Um, you know, fishing, fishing industry has just been crazy. And not only that, like these manufacturers are trying to keep up and there's just no way the, the demand is so high and supply is low too. Yeah. Like I said, I wonder if like with the ugly, are you going to get the good part of it now? You know, like, so all of those people who ended up having to close their doors, I wonder if they will have a chance to evolve and then capitalize on all the new hunters that are going to be coming in to the mix, you know, and everybody that's yeah, I, going to be coming I, up I, to Canada. I certainly hope so. I, mm -hmm. You know, especially especially these mom and pop, you know, fishing and hunting stores um, that's been in the neighborhood or, or in the town for, you know, three and four generations. Mm -hmm. um, it would be a shame that they – they had to shut down and, and remain shut down. So uh, I know, and this is something that, that we fight here in Canada. I, I say fight, but that may be too bit of a strong word. Um, but it's something that we're always, Dave and I are, are, are very, um, we pay attention to it. Not that we're anti big box store, but we are very much support the local small business um, as much as we can. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and those are the people like we, we need to support these, these, these businesses. Right. That's, that's the, the thing, like there's nothing wrong with having an influx of new fishermen, uh, fisher persons, um, that that's our prime minister that came up with that term. Just, to, just to let you know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with having an influx of, of people fishing and people hunting. There's there's nothing wrong with it because the governments mm -hmm. are gonna they're gonna they're gonna control so that we don't eliminate a resource. So yeah. it, mm -hmm. it it's good. So let all these new people come in. Let them come in. Let's embrace them. Let's try and teach them um, the 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 some etiquette, and then everybody go back to normal and and that includes all the businesses and all the the restaurants and hotels and and gas stations that that are in these towns that that had a bad two years and now they can start um getting back to normal 
and, yeah. and it might this this influx of new people might also open their eyes to like it's not like we're just walking into the bush shooting a deer and carrying it out or going into yeah. the marsh shooting a limit of ducks every day and coming out like you put in a lot of time and hard work to to enjoy this hobby right like it's 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 something that maybe they'll see and they'll be like oh and they'll appreciate it more and and then they'll go and get go to the guides and and have those good times with the guides that put in all that work too so but yeah. yeah yeah and i think One too thing- like people I was going to say, I think people forget too that hunters are some of the biggest advocates of conservation. Yeah, you know the you know the health of the the animals. They're like, you know, it's funny because I had this conversation at work, and somebody was talking to me about. That's hilarious. Um, like I had one of the ladies at work, and she like found out that like you know that I'm a deer hunter, and she's like, "What?" She's like, "Oh, I thought you were cool." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" You know, and she's like. (laughs) She's like, deer are so you know pretty and so cute. I'm like, well, hunters, like, I mean, we we you know we think they're magnificent animals, and it's, you know, I mean, if there's one thing as a hunter, it's like you you'll sit in the woods and you see a lot of wildlife. Like, <clears throat> one of the things that happened for me from deer hunting is, I guess I'm a bird watcher now. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know it's it sounds funny because hey, you're, you're but. You, but but I'm right, right? I mean, like, yeah. So you're sitting out there in the woods, and you're like, "Holy cow! Like, I've never seen a bird like that." And then, like, you know, they all these different colored finches that just come out of nowhere, and you know, and it, you just, you know, have this appreciation. You got birds flying into the blind and just chilling with you before they yeah. realize, like, "Oh, that camouflage thing has eyes," and then they like, you know, cruise out. But I mean, I don't know what the point I'm trying to make is that people think that you're just going out there and you're doing like one thing, but there's so much more that goes into it. And then there's a side of, you know, the conservancy of, you know, helping, you know, uh, the, the future, you know, of, of the sport um, and this way of life to continue, you know, you know, within, you know, the regulations, of course, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, but supporting it, you know, and then like people just kind of forget that they just think you're out there to kill something and mm-hmm. you're going to take great pride in that. And then that's all it is. It's like, well, OK, you know. I mean, I just, as a matter of fact, I just quartered out my first deer this year, you know, I mean, but there was so much more of an appreciation with, you know, taking the animal, quartering it out, and then also, you know, preparing the meat and then putting it in the freezer. You know, there's so much more that goes into that, you know, and that's going to be, you know, and everybody in the house, you know, likes to eat it. I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's just so much more that goes into it and people just kind of miss that part. They just, you know, like, again, they don't care how it gets on their plate. That's right. They, they just want to see it on their plate. They don't want to see anything else. And, and it's know? kind of eye-opening, too, to, like, get up get early up. in the morning and you go out, you know, 5 a.m., you're in the turkey woods and you hear that thunder gobble going on mm-hmm. for the first time. Or you're in a you're in the marsh hunting ducks and you hear the beaver's tail slap because it's trying to warn all the other animals about the someone's mm-hmm. in here that shouldn't be in here. You know, like, all these things that you see and hear and experience are just, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, Brian, Brian touched on it when he was talking about um, talking about you know getting into the blind and and the things that you see and stuff. And mm-hmm. and he had said you get to watch the world wake up, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and and you do you watch the world wake up. And and I know Jay, you had said um, hunters are some of the biggest conservationists that mm-hmm. are out there, but hunters are also the same people that are that are into the town that are saying you know what this time last year and and this is the case here in canada um this time last year we had snow on the ground 
or I haven't seen win like this this time of year. Like they the hunters know the weather patterns. They know what's happening all around them. They'll tell you if if the grass is turning brown earlier than than it did mm-hmm. last year. Um, there's so much that shooting an animal or and bringing harvesting that animal and bringing it home. That's the end product. There is mm-hmm. so much on the front end of that. We as hunters and and fishermen and it that's that's the end product that's the prize but there's so much that we appreciate and work to to get to that point oh sure you know and people think that you wouldn't you know like to see one of these animals right beside you and like be able to just admire it you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i mean because it truly is i mean it, they're all these animals are just magnificent in their own way but you know they also they're i mean let's be real i mean they're they're, they're food right i mean and we help manage that population. I don't know. know about down in I don't know about down your way, but we've certainly seen it here in Ontario, especially. Um, we've seen a a drastic increase in in two demographics. One is the young professional who now they want to get out and hunt and they mm-hmm. want to harvest their own food because they want to be able to say, I know where my food's coming from. Yep. It's not, it's not getting pumped full of steroids. It's yep. not coming from, you know, whatever. Um, and the other demographic that we're seeing is female shooters. Our yep. female shooters are, it is skyrocketing right now in, in here in Ontario. It's skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. They are in coming out in huge numbers and that's, you know, sport shooting, um, shotgun, rifle, you name it. Mm-hmm. women are uh, they're knocking it out of the park right now it's 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 absolutely crazy here yeah definitely and a lot of young people i mean yeah. even my my youngest son you know he's 17 and he's joining too he's he just got yeah. his tags and everything i mean he you know he did the hunter safety wants to shoot a crossbow yeah <laughs> he's like cheating. brian's got to think about crossbows he's <laughs> gone out yet might as well strap a you, rifle to his arm. You know it's funny that I know, dude. It's like you, you're gonna have that argument with like, there's two different sides of that. Just wait till I see that young man. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> dude, when, when I told him I got a crossbow, he's like, What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe I, I love using my bow, but I'm like crossbows. I've always ever since I was a kid, I had an infatuation with them, and I finally got one. I'm like, this is cool. And then I showed it to my kid, and then he's like, This is awesome. You know, I'm like, oh. you know I'm, what? I know, I, I know, I joke about it, but at the same time, man, I'm I'm so proud of him that he he took a liking to it and he wants to get out there and do it. Like that's so cool to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like like my son, I took him out for you know youth shotgun season down here uh, once or twice, you know, and it it just wasn't his thing. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to pressure him into that, but it's cool to see the young kids like still being inspired in wanting to get out in the woods you know whether it's because he wants to spend more time with you or if he wants to just get out there and experience it man it's Mm -hmm. it's just a cool thing to see the young kids man like 
I'd much rather take a kid hunting than shoot a 180 inch deer myself. Sure. Or yeah. shoot a limit of greenheads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd much rather see that kid, you know, shoot a, shoot a wood duck, you know, like mm-hmm. that's just cool. I, if you can do that, man, that's what it's all about. Like just carrying on those traditions, I think. Well, that's yeah. Dave's so my, thing. My, that's yeah. Dave's My thing. kids, I take out as many kids as I can. Uh, my two kids, my son's now 15. He's been hunting for three years now. My daughter, she's just turned, like she's 12, almost 13. Um, so this was her first season hunting. And, and she's probably a better shooter than you too, right? Oh, f- she shot her first turkey, no problem. <laughs> no, no kidding. That's yeah, awesome. But, but like my daughter, I've been taking her out since she was eight. And she'd come out and she'd sit in the blind. Well, I'd have, I'd set up a blind and I'd set up a nice little chair for her. And she's a little small girl. So she'd sit in the chair and fall asleep. And all the, I'd have the turkeys working and I'd wake her up and she'd, oh, there's birds coming in. They'd come in. I'd shoot. She, she thinks hunting's like five minutes long. And every time I take her out, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, my son, his first bird, we were out there for 10 days straight before, like he was seeing his first birds. And it's like, oh man. And, hunting sucks and we just sit here bored and it's yeah. like they got two totally different experiences right so sure, yeah. it's sure <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah. in today's day and age right you got to tear them away from the electronics and everything else because i mean yeah. i don't know well in my area like everything's like inside you know yeah, yeah. you know i mean out by you it's a little a little different right you know sure. half and half it's a little more outside inside you know it, like because you know the where you're located is going to affect how you are but or like what you do in life um but yeah i mean i don't know like my kid just he you know he really liked the bows and then i handed down my um you know a nice matthew switchback to him when i upgraded so i mean he's you know he's got like a flagship bow so he's like oh cool so he starts doing that and then you know he's all into it man i mean he's taking the time to do the hunter safety and you know we actually just got a stags we're going on monday yeah for the first time awesome that'll be That's fun awesome. yeah That'll be fun. That'll be awesome. See, here in Ontario, um, you have to be 12 years old to start. Mm-hmm. And then when you're 12, you have to have a mentor with you. And that mentor, you're sharing a gun so that the kid obviously gets the gun, right? And mm-hmm. sure. um, they get to do the harvest. Well, then now when they turn 15, that's when you can actually start the two of you. Um, it's a little bit of paperwork, but the two of you can now hunt together. And so this is the first year that my son and I get to both shoot. So it's you know that's cool and now as soon as his friends are 15 they're all coming out with us now and it's a lot of people for one kayak that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) you know what that means he gets to sit in the front and you get to paddle yeah yeah, you know he's just gonna jump shoot some birds man (laughs) well he was that's my next thing that i've got to do is i've got to experience this that dave does this guy because i'm a i'm a, a mud motor big I'm telling you, man, kind of guy. It, it's, yeah. it's going to change you. Like, it, you know, Brad and I had that conversation too, cause he's waiting on his new unlimited. And, uh, you know, so we've been duck hunting out of the boat a bit and he's like, man, it's just, it's so nice being able to tuck that kayak in wherever you want, where the big boats can't get. And that's obviously where the ducks want to go. You know, and it just your hide is so much easier and better. Like it's you're gonna love it, dude. You're gonna love it. Yeah, can't wait. So I'll hunt the same two areas. And if I take my boat out and I have to go to a boat launch, I'm pretty much an hour earlier that I have to go because you gotta launch you gotta drive a little bit further, 
launch the boat, get everyone in it, put everything, have the motor running, and then drive the boat all the way to where we're hunting. But with the kayak, it's like, how close can you launch your kayak to where you want to hunt <laughs> yeah. legally? You know, yeah. and that's that that's the biggest advantage I find is just sure I can wake up a little bit later and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's not like you're sitting on whatever crappy chair you have in a mud boat, like you're lounging back and you're sitting there and just yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Your kayak's rocking and yeah, it's nice. So heck yeah, man. That low heck silhouette, yeah. it must like David must make such a huge difference in trying to hide away. Yeah. I, I find I can hide two or three kayaks easier than I can hide my big boat. And when you think about it, like both my new canoes are one of them's 12 foot long. One of them's 12 and a half foot long. Like the, you're getting into the length of a boat, except the way that you're angling it and your low profile and you're, you're able to hide them a lot better. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. Whereas that big boat, like you're, you're another two or three feet up out of the water. And now like with the, with the kayaks, you're laying down so low that, the little bit of brush grass that's all around is just enough to cover your back end. Right. Yeah. Whereas in that, when you're in the mud boat, it's way up there and you're, so I have to do it both, both ways. Like if I'm taking a whole bunch of people out, I got to take the boat, but Mm -hmm. as much as I can, I like to take those kayaks and just hide and yeah. Yeah. It makes that hide so much easier, dude. It's such a difference, such a difference. Synthetic grass for the wind, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've never even heard of it. And then there's two or three guys that I, I look to all the time, like, Hey, what do you guys think? And I messaged them right after that, the new canoe episode that you did. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, do you use Rafi or whatever? And well, I messaged them. I'm like, have you guys even heard of synthetic grass? Like I thought you were joking about this thing. And <laughs> and then when you posted the website, I'm like, I guess I'm ordering some of this now for the next. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took. Yeah. 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 No, so. that's awesome, man. Well, we're winding down, man. We're a little over an hour. Um, we'll do like you guys do, man. Uh, Jay and I will give our final thoughts, and then we'll give you guys a final word, man. Um, just appreciate you guys taking the time out tonight and, you know, sitting down, having some good, hearty conversations. I love what you guys are doing with the podcast, man. It's uh, it's super cool. Um, I enjoy being a guest, but I've been listening as well. So, um i'm enjoying it i'm a newer waterfowl hunter i always take something away from it man so it's super cool uh for those of you guys out there listening uh definitely give these guys a follow if you're even slightly interested in waterfowl hunting um you guys have a lot of good funny conversations but also serious important ones too so appreciate you guys yeah yeah it's cool talking to you guys man you know i learned i learned some stuff realize some stuff yeah you know like like you need to get out and shoot a duck bro. pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> well like i said when i think of the blown chances i'm like the rookie stuff uh, like, but, like I, I said mean, to oh sorry go for it no, buddy. no you go ahead man go ahead like i said to you before we started recording um when you when you shoot that first one say goodbye to your pocketbook <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. it's done buddy it's, oh yeah it's all over oh yeah it's funny too because with all that prep from like doing our skeet shooting and everything you're like man i know i could definitely get in there it's just (laughs) oh you know but yeah but you also got to create those chances right you know it's you know uh gotta just get up put in the time and get out there and do it find yourself a good mentor you know if you can uh if you can't study up listen to people like podcasts like you you know uh you know listen like brad you know on our side 
Um, you know, try to put the pieces together, know your laws, um, you know, don't get yourself in trouble. Uh, you know, just make sure you're doing everything you're supposed to do and then you should go out there and have a good time. And I think the thing you got to realize too, is that, you know, probably your first year, maybe even your second, you may not be like your best years of hunting, you know, you're out there really learning. Like, again, like we talked about, you're out there watching a lot. Yeah. You know, you're out there, you're observing, you're getting used you know kind of like you said when you, the first time you went out you were <laughs> you you were like i don't want to shoot the wrong bird i'm just going to sit back and like mm-hmm. if it happens yeah. it happens yeah. you know if it doesn't you know so i mean i think that's a part of it too i mean you can't just expect to go out you know and make it happen yeah. you know yeah i mean put in the time and it'll happen absolutely you know absolutely and, and when you're out there like you're gonna have 20 or 30 days where it's like you know, you're, you're waiting all day long. Like it's taking you three or four hours to get a few flocks in. And then mm-hmm. you'll get that one day where the birds are just, it's the perfect weather conditions. You've got that North wind and the sky's right. And birds are just coming in left and right. And you reload. And it's those days, it just puts a huge smile on your face after and you're like, <laughs> this is, this is what those other 20 days were for. Right. And yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah right. keep doing it, keep going out and you'll get that one day and you'll just love it. So. Absolutely. Damien, final thoughts, brother. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for for asking us to come on. Like this, is, it it really is huge for us because um, and and Brian, you've listened to the show. We do not pretend to be experts uh, sure. of mm-hmm. of anything. We we are just a bunch of dudes that just love one another's company, right? So um, for you to reach out and ask us to come on, buddy, it it means the world to us. Uh, I can't thank you enough, and this has been a lot of fun. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, definitely. Man. Anytime, brother. Anytime, Mr. Palmer. Yeah, buddy. Again, this has been great. Keep in touch. Hopefully, we get to do that uh, new canoe hunt together sometime. Yeah, um, it's been good. It's kind of like going to be weird though, because I guarantee you, as soon as we turn this off, Damien's going to be messaging me like, "How do we make ours look like theirs did and get Facebook on it and all that stuff?" And, <laughs> And it's like this is awesome. You guys are this is a top-notch show, buddy. I didn't even I didn't even break it out because I was saving it, but now you brought it up. I want your intro. Your We're, intro, yeah. Dave. Hey. Yeah, buddy. We need this. We need an intro like that. I got a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. Shout, shout out to our good friend uh John Rapp. He he made the video work for us, but uh, and then we just did the voiceover and added the music, but we can help you guys out. We'll talk after this ends for sure. We'll get, we'll get you guys squared away for sure. You're not talking to me. I am, I am technologically dumb. You're going to be talking to Dave. Dave. That's the thing too. That's the thing too. Like the software we use, it's very uh, technologically dumb user friendly. Say that word again. Technologically <laughs> dumb user friendly. That's a lot of syllables. Oh man, Marmalade. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys. Definitely everybody listening at home. If you got into the show late, you could always go back and watch on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, it'll get uploaded to the podcast platforms tonight. If you guys are listening on the podcast platforms, thank you as always. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, we will catch you guys next week. You're gone next week, right? Yeah, I'll be in Tennessee. Yep. Yeah, I'll be in Tennessee. Yep, yep. Tennessee. That's right. That's where I'll be driving to Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll have an interesting episode next week. I got a I got an idea. I got to run it by the rest of the crew, but uh, we might have a few of the other paddle and fin hosts and have a roundtable discussion on. Uh, I know Jimmy and Drew mentioned it in their episode that aired. 
yesterday, but uh, there was an interesting blog post about like the state of kayak fishing, kayak fishing tournaments, stuff like that. So we may dive into that uh, a little bit. It was uh, there was a lot of stuff in there I agreed with, some I didn't, but uh, it pointed out a lot of valid points for those anglers that are trying to make that next step and make this kayak fishing professional thing work and all that stuff. So we'll probably have that for you guys next week. As always, boys and girls, tight lines, smooth paddle. Peace.